Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. It's time for the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Start your Good evening and welcome into the finish line. I'm Mike Melby. Rebecca Pearson to my right, Brie Fansteel to my left, sport mod driver out at Eagle Raceway. And we're going to get into a whole host of topics tonight, get your opinion on things. Brie, first of all, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Um, so what was it? About three weeks ago, you show up at the track and just a, a normal week, nothing special going on. And then you run into this gal. Yeah, this crazy <laughs> lady came up to me and she's like, you want to be on a radio show? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and here we are. So. She was super relaxed, you know. I saw her in the pits, and I was like, this girl, yeah, she's like, I'm cool. I'm hanging out on my car, right, looking, got my suit on and everything ready. And she, she looked like she was a real racer, so I couldn't help but uh, walk yeah. up to her and say, who are you? Yeah, that's my place. Grocery store, yep. not so much. No. But the racetrack, that's my place. <laughs> I'm with you, girl. That's Definitely. awesome. Uh, a couple of the stories that uh, were kind of going on around uh, dirt track, and it kind of applies to a lot of different type of racing pavement. SCCA, I would imagine just about anything. But the mental burden of racing on drivers, mm-hmm. on crew guys, on the wives, the families, the kids, all of it. We'll talk about that from a weekly level all the way to a national level. Uh, you know, what, what, we'll get your thoughts, Bree, as well. Uh, the talent pool of top shelf drivers. Um, Lance DeWeese was let go in the 69K uh, by Don Kreitz earlier this week, uh, kind of, or last week. Kind of a surprise. Um, DeWeese is going to find a ride. He's a National Sprint Car Hall of Famer. But Don Kreitz had 75 people call him and say, I want to drive your race car. There's not 75 people that can compete at the level that Lance DeWeese won at. By the way, Lance DeWeese won at about a 28% clip. When he showed up with Donnie Kreitz at 69K, he won about 28% of the times. So... What, how do you get to that level, and what what is that talent pool like? That's been something that's been interesting, and it also applies to late models. Uh, I mean, there's not a lot of Ricky Thornton Juniors, and uh, <laughs> there's not a lot of Brandon Shepherds and um, Hudson O'Neills out there. Uh, some people think they are, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Plus, a topic that I just discovered, Bree, you're a fan of. Uh, we're going to talk about aggressive driving versus <laughs> flat out on purpose wrecking somebody. There's a big difference. There is. <laughs> and we uh, have examples of both this week because we talked about Jade before we got on air here. So. Yeah, we did. Uh, we can announce it. Uh, it's it kind of the, the, the ink is dry on the imaginary contract. Yeah. Uh, we are going to have uh, be fortunate enough to have on the finish line on August 20th, uh, Jade Evadesian, who is piloting a USAC midget and is kind of schooling the boys right now. Big time. Um, had, a, had a huge win, uh, passed out of turn four last night on the closing lap. Uh, those of us who follow midget racing remember the pass on Timez back in March uh, that got Timez all up in arms, and uh, it's just fantastic. So uh, all kinds of things to talk about tonight. Real quick, though, Bree, how did you get your start in racing? Yeah, so I started off, um, I was not really involved with cars much my dad had a hot rod and he'd always work in the garage and when mom was busy I'd go in the garage and help him work on the car but really it was me he'd give me a bottle of like Windex <laughs> in a rag and I'd clean the windshield and I was like yeah this added like 10 more horse right <laughs> um no so that was nothing uh, my older brother Chase he got into karting 
Um, I kind of ignored it, thought it was dumb. I'd go out to the track sometimes. You know, I made a bunch of little girlfriends out there when we were about seven or eight. Um, nacho cheese all over my face. And uh, one night I decided to actually watch him. My brother's like six years older than me. And I'm watching him, watching him. I was like, dang, he's doing pretty good. I could beat him. I know I could. I was like, dad, give me a cart. Let me try it. I'm going to kick his butt. Got out there super slow. Like you could, you could get a brisk walk in and pass me, but I thought I was flying. I thought I was flying. Um, my dad had talked about this racing bug. He's like, now if you keep doing this, you're going to get bit. And I was like, there's no way I was a ball of fire as a child. Um, we get in the car that night and I go, dad, he's like, yes, Bree. I was like, I got bit. He's like, I bet you did. <laughs> so his wallet's over here crying. Um, and then it just kind of took off from there. Um, kind of doing carding for about five years, uh, running a lot of my brother's stuff. So that was kind of fun. Um, if I wasn't going fast enough or not running the right lines, uh, we'd go out late night after a race and they'd put cones out on the track and have to go around them. If I start hitting the cones, dad would actually step there and be a human cone. <laughs> um, can't hit dad. That would be a problem. Um, so I did that for about five years. And then uh, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to either build a hot rod from the ground up uh, when I turned 16 with my dad or build a race car. And I wanted a race car. I knew there's probably less tickets involved. Didn't think about the money at all. <laughs> um, but then I got into a Sport Modified. I think it was about an 01 Sardison in the summer of 2016. Um, and I've just kind of been cruising along, slinging dirt ever since. Nothing wrong with that. That's And that's such a great story about how you got started. You're sitting there, you're like, I got no interest, man. I want to go hang out with my friends. Oh, I thought it was so dumb. Yeah, my, my brother, <laughs> exactly. My brother's, you know, whatever. I don't even know what he's doing. I, he's down there getting Going dirty. around in circles, right? Yeah, he yeah, smells like, when that? he gets back in the yeah, car. That's I all like, I know. This, so. this is gross. <laughs> so um, from the sport mod standpoint, we, we had uh, Bob Rusinger on who runs, runs mm -hmm. stock cars. And Bob, if you don't know this, uh, Bob has not missed a night of racing at Eagle for whatever class he was racing since... 1996. Holy smokes. Yeah. And uh, Bob was talking to us a little bit last week about the cost. And it is not cheap. Most people think that sprint cars and late models, it's going to cost you 30, 40 mm -hmm. grand a year to, to run the cars. And Bob's like, no, absolutely not. It is like, he goes, my stock car is like, you know, for a year, whatever, 30 to $40,000. Racing is, is just, it's not an inexpensive hobby. And it, I know some sponsors have got to help you out and, and whatever. How do you go about trying to get a sponsor for, for up-and-coming racers or ones that just don't know? Just be yourself and plan and prepare. You can't just send someone, like, a Facebook message saying, hey, you want to send me some money? <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Um, the best thing that you can do that I found is sit down and write something out, type something out. Um, what are your accomplishments? What are your goals? Not everybody's going to be a winner, right? So you're not necessarily selling um, your your podium finishes. You're selling yourself. So how can you help promote um, the business in the best way possible? What are they going to get? What's their return on investment to you? And so for me, it's more of, you know, I can reach out. I can I can talk to people. I can give them some, some suggestions like, hey, you need some plumbing work. We've got this going on. Um, you need a new race car built. I've got these guys, super cool. 
Um, so just really sell yourself um, and and don't try to be fake with it. Because, I mean, just like you can tell if somebody's being fake or not, so can your sponsors or, or people that you're looking out um, to get to help you out. So what can they give you and what can you give them in return that's a good value for their money? Great advice. Um, and, and great advice about... Uh, if you need a car, if you need a chassis, whatever, I'm going to tell you a place you can go if you want a sprint car. It's Eagle Chassis. Uh, Eagle Motorsports LLC ha- has been resurrected. Mike Boston, uh, after Speedway closed him down, mm-hmm. uh, acquired the rights to it. He's got a shop. Worldwide headquarters of Eagle Chassis is right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. If you are in need of frame repair, not just an Eagle, he'll repair any frame. You can give Mike a call at 402-826-0302. And Eagle Chassis and Mike Boston, proud sponsor of Victory Lane. Let's find out who won the races this week. did roll into victory lane back in 2000 and nascar today chris beichler winds up winning at richmond in the cup series yesterday at richmond it was carson hosevar who won the truck series xfinity yesterday at road america in elkhart lake wisconsin sam mayer took home the victory next weekend nascar cup and xfinity will be at michigan and next friday night at indianapolis raceway park is going to be the nascar truck series high limit series brad sweet and kyle larson have that series rolling they went to grandview speedway in bechtelsville pennsylvania on wednesday tuesday night got rained out they had a rain date Built in, though, and Rico Abreu took home the $23,023 first place check. Kyle Larson, Brent Marks, second and third. Their next race is going to be on Tuesday, just a couple of days away, at Kokomo. It is a makeup date for a rainout from earlier in the season. All-Stars have had themselves a week. Last Sunday, while we were on the air, they were at Red Hill Raceway in Sumner, Illinois. Bill Baylog took home the win there. Wednesday night this week at Benton Speedway, Derek Hagar, a local guy, takes home the win over the All-Stars. Watch that race. It was amazing. Uh, Put a heck of a move on Zeb Wise and uh, got the victory. Track took rubber, but Hagar handled it perfectly. Thursday night, Lake Ozark Speedway in Eldon, Missouri. Aaron Reitzel picks up the All-Star win. I-70 Motorsports Park on Friday night. Buddy Kofoid in the 83 Junior Roth car picks up the All-Star win. And then last night at Knoxville, the All-Stars were there. 51 cars on hand. Rico Abreu takes home the victory there. World of Outlaw Sprints rained out up until tonight. And the show is currently going on the... Drivers in the dash are Brad Sweet, Brock Zierfoss, David Gravel, Donnie Schott, Gio Selzy, Carson Macedo, and Sheldon Hoddenshield. And those guys are drawing right now for starting position in the dash at Weed Sport, one of the coolest tracks that there is in Pennsylvania. World of Outlaw Late Models. Ricky Thornton Jr. last night takes home $62,000 in the Prairie Dirt Classic. Lucas Oil Late Models are off until mid 
August, Knoxville last night. I mentioned the All-Stars were there. Rico took home the win. Garrett Williamson won the 360 class last night at Eagle. Bree could tell you that Jake Galusha won the sprints. Chad Anderson won the modifieds. The sport mods were won by Adam Armstrong. You came home 19th. In the stock cars, Marty Steinbach got the victory. Ryan Gilland wins the hobby stocks. And Beatrice, again, two weeks in a row, they knock out Mother Nature because Mother Nature was winning every week down there for a while. Uh, in the sport mods, it was Lee Horky. Trey Dunsing wins the modifieds. Jordan Grabowski, the stock cars. Hobby stocks won by Taylor Huss. And Kaylee Richards, the sport compact feature. Malvern Bank 360 Series Dark Intel 819 at Junction Motor Speedway. That wraps up Victory Lane, brought to you by Eagle Chassis. So let's talk a little bit about last night at Eagle. How, walk me through your night. And again, this is Bree Fan Steel. She is a sport mod driver out at Eagle Raceway. I'm Mike Melby. That's Rebecca Pearson. Jake Bachhoven driving the car tonight. So walk me through Eagle last night, Bree. Eagle was an interesting night. Um, Thursday, we did pretty good at Columbus. Uh, got fourth in the feature. That was our best finish there. I was really happy with that. Um, but Eagle Eagle was not nice to us. The track was great. Um, it, was, it was pretty heavy because of all the rain that was there. So our heat race, we started fourth row. So that's – or sorry, we started fourth, so second row outside. Um, got caught behind a couple cars, ended up fifth, um, just didn't have enough time, and we were pretty uh, backed away from the field on that. So that put us in the B feature. Um, in the B feature, on our starts, we started where we thought we were supposed to start. Um, there's a tire coming out of four is where you usually go full throttle. Um, ended up, uh, guys on the outside must have had a different idea, and that's all right. You know, they went out, um, and they, they gained – a little bit on us coming out of the start. We ended up fourth in that B feature, transferring us to the very last spot of the A feature. Um, it was still a very heavy track, and it, it's weird because this year there's been there's been a couple nights that it's been heavy, and the last few years it's just been super dry. So, you know, we're just kind of throwing the kitchen sink at the car right now to see what will work because we're not used to it. Um, we maybe only passed a few cars, and... My engine decided she wanted to be a little spicy and got way too hot, so I pulled in. Um, I think the car handled great, but um, the the powerhouse just wasn't there last night, which was unfortunate, but, you know, it was worth salvaging the car and just pulling in, making a, a good call on that, and then so we can figure out what's going on, why we're having uh, cooling and heating issues. Hey, and t so for those who don't drive, explain what a heavy track feels like just when you're in the car versus, you know, sort of the dry track. You can imagine that, but how, how do you describe it to people who don't get behind the wheel? So dry, dry track, we call it dry because it's pretty dusty. There's not moisture in the track and uh, moisture in the track is what you want. You feel like you are, your tires are glued. They're sticking mm -hmm. down um, versus a dry sick track you feel like you're kind of skating so if you've ever been down like a gravel road or anything like that and you know when you're younger maybe when you're not <laughs> as young you may give it a little bit of gas you know maybe do some donuts whatever try to take your turns kind of fast um it's just like that you're skating on ice pretty much and you have to with dry slick tracks you have to be very careful on when you pick up the throttle so how hard you get in because if you just smash it you're going to spin your tires and you're not going to go anywhere um and a lot of people are seeing problems with like their tires chunking out or wondering why they're going bald and it's like well you got to be a little easier on the throttle there versus a heavy track or a sticky track um 
it doesn't matter. Like everyone's fast on those tracks. You just have to be able to make the right moves and you have to be smart about it. Um, the other thing is you can be in the throttle way more than you can with a, a, a dry slick track. So my old, what is she like a nine, nine year old motor. It's about 15 horses down. She was not happy last night. Um, I was giving her the gas and all the way she around, was upset. Right? Oh yeah, she was upset. Mm-hmm. I I was letting up a little bit, um, trying to see if I could maybe take a lower line to to help that out and not use as much gas uh, or as much throttle, and it just wasn't wasn't there that night, and yeah. that's where we were having problems. All right, I want to jump in here and take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and I want to talk about now what you're going to have to deal with, and, and we're going to work that into the conversation about the mental aspect of it, okay. because now you've got some extra weight this week. You had a problem. you got to figure out what it is and then how to fix it, and then you got to look at the, the, the cost of it, et cetera. So this is the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Mike Melby, Jake Bachoven driving the car, Rebecca Pearson to my right, Brief fan steal to my left, back with more after this. Back to the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the finish line. I'm Mike Melby. Jake Bachoven driving the car tonight. Rebecca Pearson to my right. Brief fan steal. Sport mod driver from Eagle Raceway hanging out. Um, and we heard about your night last night. Your nine-year-old motor. Um, got a little upset with you. So now from a mental standpoint, now we all know what you've got to do. You've got to go home. You've got to tear the motor apart a little bit. You've got to test some things, probably fire it up. You're going to look at this, uh, whether you're checking whatever, but you and your dad are going to work on it. That could take 45 minutes to diagnose and 15 minutes to fix and cost a hundred dollars. Or you could be doing it for the next two weeks and go, you know what? It's not safe to drive because we just don't know what's wrong with it. You could be out for a few weeks. Um, but you're going to be putting in a lot of extra hours. You have a full-time job. Um, this is all extra stuff from the mental standpoint, just on a, a weekly racer like yourself. What's it like when you have a normal week versus a week like this? It's it. There's definitely some mental fatigue that happens. Um, obviously just being able to strap in the car makes everything worth it. You know, seeing the kids out there cheering you on, but it, it can get pretty rough and I don't, think um for the people who aren't necessarily in the sport that they always realize that and that's okay um but we're not going out there because we're winning a bunch of money like (laughs) we're doing the opposite of that you know we're spending a lot of money um me and my friends we always joke that racing is our second job like our second full-time job you know I'll work my eight nine hours a day and then as soon as I'm done, I go to the shop and, you know, go through everything, weekly maintenance. Um, let's say we're greasing U-joints, uh, lubing different hymens, um, cleaning out the radiator, doing a bolt check. That can take me, let's say, one good night to make sure everything's done, thorough, good to go, other than washing. And that's such a nice night, such a nice week. And then I don't know really what to do with myself except, okay, well, we have all these house projects we got to catch up on. We have regular life things we need to take (laughs) care of, Um, you know, maintain those friendships and relationships. But on the nights that maybe you just add in, maybe you got a little too squirrely, maybe someone really used you up and and you got some body work, well, that maybe adds on another night. it can it can kind of take a mental strain if you're if you're working 
let's say, a combined 80 hours a week. So you've got your day job to pay for your hobby, and then you've got to work on your car to make sure, you know, it's competitive, it can it can hold up to what it needs to, um, and then you don't see the results you want to see. It, it can start to kind of put you down a little bit. Um, I will say it's something you definitely need to be in a good mental um, headspace for to get into if you want to get into it seriously um, because it will drain you if you're not careful. Um, a lot of what I do when I get out at the track um, before races, you know, I, I pray. I pray that, you know, we're safe, the car's going to be okay, that um, I'm able to do the best that I can, that I can stay focused, but also that I can accept however I finished. Because if I put too much... Um, too high of expectations on myself, then I'm just that low that I could feel from not meeting those expectations is going to be horrendous mm -hmm. versus if I just go out there and just like all the little kids that come up afterwards and they're like, oh my gosh, it's a race car. Right. They Guys, girls, yeah. <laughs> we're in race cars. Like yeah. this should, we should not, we should take it seriously, but like be thankful for where we're at. Sure. Well, and tell us about your sponsors that have been with you from the beginning, right? You, you said you had the right idea for how to get them and I'm sure they're critical to you continuing. So tell us about them. Who are they? How have they helped you over the years? Yeah, for sure. Um, one of my, my main sponsors is r, &R uh, Customs. They do uh, custom hauling and bailing. Um, he's one of my buddies and he took, he took, uh, a bet on me and I won the bet and I was like, you're getting on the race car. It was just kind of <laughs> like a funny thing. And, and he's been able to help me, um, I think develop my program within the last two years, really, um, without his support. I don't know if we've been able to, we would have been able to get some of the finishes we have been because we've always been on really old equipment and we are still, but we're getting newer bolt-ons, um, and we're seeing an increase in speed. Um, also I've got, uh, Speedway Motors, I, I joke, I've been telling my boss and my coworkers all the time, I'm like, I don't think I'd be able to race without them. Um, their program that they have for us is amazing, getting the parts discount and knowing that they're they're local, they're in Lincoln, so I can place my little order online, drive 15 minutes over, go get whatever weird part I need, and I can come back and I can put it on the car. So maybe I don't find something till. Uh, like two days before I go racing. I don't have to worry about getting it shipped to me necessarily. You know, if I had to, it's nice that they've got three different distribution centers um, over the U.S. So they're looking at about one to two day shipping timeframes wherever you are in the continental U.S., which is super nice. Um, I've also got Twisted Dirt, custom dirt track headers. I love me some stainless steel <laughs> headers. They are mwah, chef's kiss. Love them so much. <laughs> Um, I've also got the auto connection of Lincoln. They were the first, so that's actually, so my dad, he was on a pit crew long, 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 long time ago with Kevin Anderson, who owns the auto connection. Kevin had the O1 one Sardison sitting in, in his backyard. Oh, yeah. That's what we, we put lipstick on the pig with that <laughs> thing. And, you know, he's always been there. Um, giving us advice, words of encouragement. Um, he's even, he's allowed me to take the car in and do some um, scaling, some balancing. Um, they've got a nice tire machine so I can put my tires over there. They're just great people. Um, and it's nice knowing them and knowing that, you know, when I take my daily driver in, I know who the person is and I know that all the workers there are really nice people. They're genuine people and I like that. Um, 
We've we've also got Jet Racing. He's taken he's taken um great strides with me. He's helped me with my uh driving development, especially this year. Um they're they're kind of another one of those one stop shops. I love my jet racing chassis. Like we've in the past we've had some issues with older cars tweaked whatever and then as soon as i got in a jet which was last year won my first heat race Mm -hmm. started getting some top tens um most of my heat races i was qualifying out of and their tech support that they have is on another level like you can go you can buy a product whatever um you're gonna be buying a lot of pieces of metal but what you're getting with these chassis manufacturers, if you go to the right ones like Jet Racing, um, you're getting the support behind that as well. Yeah. And and they're right out of uh, Beatrice, Nebraska, so they're pretty close too, which is yeah. nice. Where I spend my days uh, for another story. So, and your story to me is very classic. People get starting out, right? And and ten years from now, we're going to be talking to you. You're going to be winning everything, and you know we're going to say, hey, we knew Bree win, right? But it's a very classic story of you're putting lipstick on someone else's pig. You're borrowing parts. It's you've got a day job full time. You're doing this at night. These early sponsors are people that really want to be a part of your journey, uh, really make it happen. So for for people that are listening that, you know, really want to try this sometime, we like to help them understand what it takes. So that that's a great uh, journey as you describe it. Now, what's what's the day job like? (laughs) So the day job, it's great. I was able to turn my hobby into also my work in a sense. So I do work at Speedway Motors um, up until so tomorrow I start a new position with our e-commerce department. Um, But I was a, a sales trainer. So I did training for a about uh, three and a half years, I got to train our employees on um, how to sell parts to our customers, how to answer questions, technical questions, and then also how to level up. Um, and so I've been very fortunate that I get to do that. I still get to learn more about car parts and I'm kind of teaching myself as I'm working and then I get to apply it when I get um, off of work and then go to the shop. Um, I've learned a lot just by working with that company. Yeah. I used to be, my dad would joke, I was just a shoe um, you know, I could wash the car. I could, he could tell me, Hey, go take this part off, go do this. And I would do it. But I didn't know what the heck I was right. doing. Yeah. You want to learn it. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to know why that. we're doing things. And, yep. and that's been, um, a staple in my development. We've so. all been pit crew at one point in time. I was pit crew oh, yeah. for friends. You were pit crew for friends. Yeah. It's a fun job, but that's how you learn, right? Oh, it is. I, it, and it was funny. We, we had Tyler Perry and about a month ago or six weeks ago. And Tyler's of course, promoting the Stewart Alley Memorial mm-hmm. on September 10th at Eagle Raceway. And it's going to, that's one hell of a show. I mean, you're talking the late models and the 360s back at Eagle. That's um, going to be wild. Insane. And he said, you know, I, I've, I've, I got into racing and I, I realized driving's not really where, you know, my specialty is going to be. And I want to be around this. I got bit and he looked at like a modified or a late model. And he's like, there are way too many parts here. Sprint cars are easy. <laughs> So, like, you're tackling, and, and I'll be honest, sprint cars are relatively easy to understand. There's a very limited number of parts. There's a very limited number of, of adjustments and changes that you can make. And even somebody like me can learn how to work on a sprint car and make it go fast as long as it's not the motor. Don't let me near your motor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, don't ask for my advice on what you need to do with uh, with your motor for your, for your sport mode. <laughs> um, but you're tackling, like, real grassroots racing with a, a, a modified car that has a thousand different things Mm -hmm. that you have to know. Um, When you first started getting to the point where you were able to go, hey, dad, I got this. Yeah, you don't need to tell me. 
What was it? What was that like? And, and how, how is it working with your dad now that you have the knowledge you do? I'm so glad you said that. Dad, I hope you're listening. I felt so accomplished. I'm like, yeah, I can change those gears. I got this. I remember um, we used to switch between I-80 Speedway. That's no longer open. It's yeah. a, a bigger track um, between there and Columbus, which is a smaller track, US 30 Speedway. And we always had to change gears. Um those things are heavy. First off, it's like 80, 90 pounds. So I had to hit the gym. Um, <laughs> that was my first problem. And then I, we were always switching. He'd let me, you know, unbolt it, do this and this and this. And I'd start to memorize what tools I needed. And I'm a very determined person. Um, and I wanted to feel like I'd be able to contribute an equal amount to the program, if at all possible. So I started taking notes. I started taking notes on my phone, like, here's the tools I need to do this. I was going to learn one thing at a time. Like, later um, in the off-season, I'd like to learn how to build an engine. That's going to be a big thing. I'm going to need a dictionary of notes. Um, but I started taking notes. Okay, here's the tools I need. Here's the steps at what I take things apart. You know, you don't want to do them at the wrong time. Here's what you got to make sure you do, you know. Don't forget to put the rear end grease in. You're going to have problems. Um, and then one night I got started on it without telling him he was in the house. Um, I got started on it, was trying to be quiet, not even playing music. He comes out. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm changing the gears. And he's like, well, don't forget to, and I was like, I know. He's like, well, and make sure you, and I'm like, yeah, no. He's like, oh, and I was like, dad, go inside. He's like, well, if it doesn't work, it's on you. I said, it's going to (laughs) work. It was the greatest feeling ever. Well, Big Bunny chimes in on the Soder Heyman text line and says, the track last night, uh, how rough it was, does not help with maintenance. No. Because you're, you're, it, probably hurt your motor a little bit and mm-hmm. it's going to break a shock it's going to mm-hmm. you're going to have some issues and it's not a lot of fun getting back to the, the the mental health side of it um jacob allen stepped away from the 1a for an indefinite amount of time and he had a great post on his facebook page that essentially explained look i don't have a problem okay what i have is mental fatigue mm-hmm. this is a grind we race anywhere between two and five nights a week for 10 months out of the year I've been doing it for 10 years. He just got married last off season and granted he grew up with it. And there's guys that live this life and they love it. And they, they're, they're going to do it till the day they die. But Jacob's a guy that last year got his first five wins. He'd been on the tour for nine years, never won a race, won five times last year. This year hasn't been what they had hoped. They're right back where they were. And it's just draining. So if you were to move to a regional, you said you used to run Columbus and I 80. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, what if you guys decided to start running, uh, Columbus and maybe Boone and somewhere down in Missouri and Eagle and run three to four times a week. And you turn it into kind of a bigger part than your actual real mm-hmm. job. Can you imagine what the mental fatigue would be like there? I think it would be, it'd be big. I think it'd be something you'd have to prepare for. Um, it's a lot just mentally preparing yourself for a race. You know, I'm doing breathing exercises before I go out because I noticed, you know, I wasn't as focused before in years prior. Um, you got to make sure you're in shape. It's going to wear you out. Your mm-hmm. body's going to be tired. You got to make sure you're eating right. You're drinking plenty of water, especially with how hot it is. And then if you add on, you know, you're doing half or more of all the physical work on the car, that's a lot you have to have somebody um, to help you out. You got to have somebody who, while you're working 
or um, getting things ready. You know, you gotta you gotta manage all your social media accounts. Make sure you're you're responding to everyone, being a good person. You, you can't just leave people on read. It doesn't Especially work. Especially with that sponsors, way. right? Yeah, you yeah. gotta be mm-hmm. you gotta be nice. Um, people are taking their time to reach out to you. You you need to be respectful and reach back out to them. Um, it takes a lot. It it would be very difficult to just be a two person team or a one person team. Um, I think if we were still at a one or two person team. I'm not sure it would be manageable um, just because I know that that mental fatigue would kick in. You have to prepare for it. I think something like that would be fun, but you have to be realistic. What is your fitness routine and your nutrition? Like, you know, people don't always think about car racing as being athletic. We, we know because we're all race fans. What What is your routine? How do you deal with that? Well, aside from the racetrack, chicken strips. Love those. Absolutely. Some people Healthy, listening yes, will know right. exactly what I'm talking about. Spicy chicken poppers. You know, <laughs> I go. Uh-uh. No, too much for me. <laughs> but I, I like my French fries, my chicken strips. Um, but aside from that, um, I got a, a part-time job at Good Life Fitness um, teaching boot camp. I uh, met a lot of good friends through there. <laughs> totally fits your personality. <laughs> well, of course. I, love I used it. to do that too. So yeah, we're, we're buds. Well, they gave me a mic and I get to yeah. be a DJ. It's super fun. Right. Um, but... I'll, I'll make sure I'm hitting my cardio. Um, if I'm, if I don't have a lot of time, maybe I need to catch up on social media and I'm like, okay, well, I've got an hour before my full-time job starts and that is right after the hour of teaching. Then I'll get on the bike or I'll get on the treadmill and I've got my phone out and I'm making all my posts and getting them scheduled for, okay, this one's going to go out on this day at this time. This one's going to go out this day on this time. I'm going to make a, um, a flyer through this app to do this and this and this. Um, but I try to make sure I'm at least during the race season getting two to three days of working out. Mm-hmm. So whether that be a class, a boot camp class, uh, making sure, you know, we're not lifting heavy because I don't want any like strain on my muscles for when I'm getting in the car. That's the off season. The off season is when it doesn't matter. You're slamming protein shakes and energy drinks and doing all of that fun stuff. Um, but during the, um, uh, during the summer, I'm usually doing just a lot of cardio to make sure I can handle, you know, if we're sitting in a race suit, baking up a DiGiorno pizza, <laughs> that all is well, and we can still make it through. Right. Well, you, we talked about, you know, what a drain this can be. Um, and we've heard all kinds of stories from folks that like you that are in it for the long haul. Why do you do it? You've got the bug. Okay. But what's the bug about? Why do you do it? What gets you up every day? Why do you want to keep doing it? I want to be better. Yeah. I want to be better than I was before. What do you do to be better? What do I do to be better? Well, we started out with working out. Okay. Um, making sure that, because I've had races where I'm like, gosh, dang it, you know, maybe we could have advanced a few spots if, if my shoulders weren't tired mm. or if I was able to crank on the wheel a little bit harder because that track was super rough and get on the gas, but yeah. I was just, I wasn't strong enough to do it. Right. Or I wasn't strong enough to work on a, on my own car because these these parts are too heavy. Um, so I started working out and that has helped me out a lot. Um, I've started the breathing exercises. I actually started a couple of weeks ago, um, because I, I noticed I wasn't, I was focused for the first half of like every race I was in. And then the last half, I just started getting really like antsy. I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm in a race car. This is so much fun. Well, that doesn't work all the time. You need to be focused. So I started doing breathing exercises, um, start reviewing footage, um, 
we have an in-car camera GoPro, so I'll see what am I doing on the wheel. Am I overcorrecting for things? Am I anticipating my turns? Um, and then I'll I'll watch an outside video as well to see what that race was like. So um, reviewing how I felt in the car and then what it looked like to everyone else, kind of get some feedback. Um, make sure you get enough sleep. That's mm-hmm. pretty hard to do. You know, if you've got a car that's crumpled up like a ball of tin. Yeah. You're not getting much sleep, so maybe <laughs> sleep in the car on the way. But Do you have a driving mentor? Does somebody give you any advice or people to track? I mean, we've talked about camaraderie before, so uh, maybe we can talk about that after the break. So yeah, let, Let's go ahead and jump into a quick yep. break here. It's the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Mike Melby, Jake Bachoven driving the car. Brief and Steel, Sport Mod Driver from Eagle Raceway joining us, as well as Rebecca Pearson back with more after this. Too many people believe that chronic pain... Back to the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the finish line. I'm Mike Melby. Joined in studio by Bree Fansteel, sport mod driver from Eagle Raceway. Jake Bachoven driving the car. Rebecca Pearson to my right. Big thanks to uh, Big Money. His daughter's a huge fan of yours, by the Aww. way, Bree. Awesome. Uh, he's in on the Sarter Heyman text line. You can uh, be a part of the show. 402-464-5685. Sarter Heyman text line. Also the Honda of Lincoln hotline. And a big thanks to Sarter Heyman for the live stream. We stream live on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook, and Allo951 when the computer's cooperating. It's not right now. (laughs) But uh, big thanks to all of our our sponsors. And uh, I I know, Rebecca, you had a great question that that I didn't think of before the show, and I I love it. So let's jump back in. All right. So uh, usually you have a mentor somewhere along the the way. You've talked about your dad and your brother helping you get Mm -hmm. started. Do you have someone in the pits that helps mentor you and driving, gives you tips from watching your uh, in-car camera? How do you get uh, feedback? Yeah. So uh, I've got two mentors. Uh, One is Johnny the Jet Sadoff. I'm sure you've heard of him. Oh, (laughs) yes. He's been around a very long time, and he um, has given me some really good tips uh, going into this year. And then uh, my buddy Andrew, who joined our team uh, just uh, about a month ago, who has helped us make some pretty big strides, um, he's been there um, assisting as well. So those two guys, I can't thank them enough because yeah. they they've both been in cars or are still in cars, and and they're able to kind of see you know what I'm struggling with, what I'm fighting, and and how to get around that. And so. a shout out to the guys because this is still a male-dominated sport. I grew up in a male-dominated industry. I mm-hmm. worked in corporate. I worked in engineering, lubricants. So hopefully you got Mobile One in your car. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, for those guys who are allies that help women who are coming in, just drivers in general, but women in particular, just because, you know, when you enter into a sport like that, it's just, you know, you're you're a little bit of the mm-hmm. fish out of water. So shout out to those guys that help you help you do that. And hopefully one of these days we'll have more women now. Sometimes they get aggressive on the uh, track. So talking about yeah, so men and women. We, uh, we we kind of broached the subject, a little foreshadowing back in the first segment. Aggressive driving versus somebody getting punted. And you said, oh, I have a couple of great stories. I would love to hear them. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll share all of the stories. Um, first off, there's something that we learned in karting. And it was something that we had to think about. Um, in the big cars is there's getting taken out. That's a very big thing. There's using the guy up next to you. That's a big thing. But sometimes what people don't understand and something that I've had to learn as a driver is there's also the driver who's getting wrecked, putting themselves in a position to be wrecked. And I know that sounds really, really bad. 
Um, we heard that back in carding from somebody, but if you really think about it, that holds a lot of weight. Um, if you're going to, let's say there's two people on the straightaway, um, person below you has position, you're both door to door. If you can see them, now I'm not saying you got to crank your head and break your neck, but if you can see their nose anywhere, they have position. Um, something that you can do being aggressive is make sure you get up to their cockpit or their window net that's how you know you have position if you let out of it that's not being aggressive if you stay with it and try to hold your line that's being aggressive that's driving aggressively but still respectfully um, now there's some people who aren't doing that you know you're going into a turn person on the outside can't see you because you're not to their window net yet and you just drive straight into that corner and plow mm. into them that's punting or taking someone out uh, intentionally trying to get them out of your way using them up and unfortunately sometimes there's people who don't realize they're doing those things and they're not aware of their surroundings um, but there's also putting yourself in a position to be wrecked so let's say you've got the same two people they're on the straightaway you can see each other like I know there's a car next to me and you turn down because you're only thinking about the cars in front of you and trying to change your line. You're not thinking about who's right next to you. If you turn down, there's one thing you can do as the driver getting turned down on is you can keep driving. You can slam into them. That will actually help them maybe probably break some things on your front end, break some things on them, or you can let out. I have done this and they spin. Then they think, oh, why'd you spin me out? And it's like, buddy, you put yourself in a position to be wrecked. Right. It was not my intention to be there. You literally drove in front of the car. Now, I could have helped you by hurting both of our cars, or I could let out and have you spin in front of me. Unfortunately, that's what happens. Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, whose side are you on? <laughs> Plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to make enemies. Yeah. <laughs> this well, is I live. Mean, but Hamlin's wrecked Larson so many times, and Kyle even said it last week. He's like, you know, every time we have these conversations, it's him apologizing to me. So, <laughs> so you know, um, so one thing I want to ask you about, uh, what you've just described, and I'm in there with you because I remember the first time I ever had to compete against someone. The adrenaline rush in your first race when you have to remember all of that. And mm -hmm. you probably don't even know all of that. So it's the gentleman's courtesies of driving. You don't do this. You don't do that. You know, how, did, how were you in your first race knowing how to deal with all of that and just trying to get around the track. What was it like? Do you remember? Okay. First obstacle was learning how to shift. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was the biggest You're, thing. I'm like, I have to shift. Yes. Are we in third? <laughs> I think we're in third. Okay, we're going to go. Um, what we did is we opted to be in the back. Um, it's something that people have been starting to talk about more recently on social media again, just because we've been seeing problems in races. Um is if you don't think that your car is going to handle right or you don't have a good grip on your car, if you think it's going to cost somebody else, you know, because these are our 40 extra hours a yep. week, then start in the back. Mm -hmm. um, I was pretty nervous and I lagged back on the start. Um, but my very first race, I made sure that I was in the back. 
there's nobody around me. You know, I had at least a car width between the person in front of me and me myself, just in case something happened with them in front of me. And I was already going because I got to remember, here's where I pick up my throttle. Here's where I hit my brake. If I'm using my brake, um, then, you know, you get into, do I have enough front brake? Do I have enough rear brake? Uh, make sure you're turning, yeah. learning where the car's at. I mean, when I first got into a street car, I was hitting curbs. <laughs> I probably still do. I don't know where my <laughs> everything is. I'm one right. of them typical Ultima drivers. Um, but just a lot of caution mm -hmm. was what was going through. I was not going full speed because I wanted to make sure that the person who was leading the race didn't have to worry about me spinning out in front of them. Um, and unfortunately, I've been there. Right. I've, I've done that in front of people, and I feel so horrible about it. But that's just kind of something learning is just trying not to make those mistakes. Um, the other thing I'd like to say is race how you want to be raced. Mm-hmm. Race how you want to be raced and let that sink in. <laughs> yeah. Me personally, I know a lot of other drivers do it. I give you one shot. And if I like you, I'll give you two shots. <laughs> but if you keep pinching, you keep door slamming, I'm going to do the same back to you. And that probably goes into like uh, the whole Larson Hamlin thing is, you know, he kept getting wrecked, whatever it was. And he's like, all right. Words are just words. Now we got to use some actions. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's what it takes. Um, you never want it to be unsafe, but it may just be as simple as a little, little door ding, a little bumper slam. Um, just race how you want to be raced. That's very, very words. good words of advice. Uh, Bree Fansteel, sport my driver from Eagle Raceway and traveling around, raced at Columbus as well. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to come in tonight. Uh, had a blast. And uh, we wish you the best of luck in finding the problem with the motor and getting Thank it you. fixed inexpensively. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, we have got Ricky Simmons. He's going to get your happy on. And hang on, got to find the glasses. <laughs> Ashley Schweitzer, I believe, is going to be his guest in studio tonight. And it's always a fantastic hour with Ricky. Rebecca, thank you so much. Fantastic job as always. Jake Bachoven driving the car. We'll step aside. Ricky Simmons in next. Get your happy on on 93.7 The Ticket.